Hey, Print Hustlers, Bruce from Printavo, Simple Shop Management Software. We've got a very special guest that we're going to be joining us today, Ellie Van Holzer out of Wear Your Spirit Warehouse. Really excited to have her. But more importantly, Allie's actually going to be joining us for Print Hustlers Conf 2020, which we're going to do in person. But because of everything that's happening, we're going to do a really great two-day event. Just some high-quality content, high-quality shop owners to be able to tell their stories and ups and downs. And I wanted to grab uh, five, ten minutes with Allie just to be able to check in and learn a little bit more about what she's going to be talking about at Print Hustlers Conf, which again is July 23rd and 24th. And we'll leave a link down below so that you guys can subscribe to that and register. But a lot of stuff there. Allie, thanks so much for being able to join us. Thanks for having me. You've got a, a really strong background um, and how it involves and has changed your business that you wanted to be able to share, which has created some very unique resilience, I feel like, for you. If you could just dive a little bit into that. Sure. So my business has definitely morphed several times over the course of 14, now 15 years, started out in a completely different industry, had a business partner, that industry went all digital and the industry tanked in 2008 with the housing crunch and all of that. And at that time I took the equipment I had and said, what could I do with it? And it was printing banners and things that way. And uh, then that morphed into uh, adding silk screening, adding embroidery. And so that was kind of the first uh, phase of doing a, a real business pivot to keep my business viable. Probably the one that involved more of uh, my husband and the journey we went through. So I originally started my business. I'm a, I was a military spouse. My husband was an Air Force officer. Uh, he's a pilot. And we have two daughters. And when they were very young, six months and three years old, I love being a stay-at-home mom, but I needed some challenges and some interaction with adults, and that's when I, when I started the business. I started it at home. It was a hobby. It provided us some fun money for doing vacations and things that way. And then uh, it grew. It outgrew my house. In 2010, I moved it into commercial space, and we were going like gangbusters and growing. During that time period, became uh, a pilot on Air Force One. And then in 2014, he became uh, the commander of Air Force One and the 14th presidential pilot of the United States, which was really a high for us. It was a dream for him. Uh, he says it was like winning the lottery. We were on cloud nine. Great family, beautiful children, dream jobs. My business is going strong. And then one Saturday morning in May, uh, we were standing around drinking coffee and uh, Dave dropped in front of me and had a grandma danger, daughters. We called 911. Two days later, he had nine hours of brain surgery and we were told he had 14 months to live. So uh, wow. I kind of explain it. Yeah, it was uh, pretty traumatic, very sudden. Obviously I get a little choked up talking about it. And I kind of describe it to people, it was like living in a snow globe. We lived in this idyllic, perfect world where everything was beautiful and then one morning somebody picked up that snow globe and shook it all the pieces were still there but nothing landed where that used to be and it was no longer an idyllic scene ultimately dave lived for 28 months he passed away in november of 2016 during that time period i shut down my commercial space 
I brought the business home and I kept two employees that I trusted not only I, I trusted everybody to be in my home. It wasn't that much so that so much as it was they were really gonna be an eyewitness to this horrible disease that my husband had and I needed uh, really close people that could run the business and be okay in that environment. So for the 28 months we ran the business out of the house, I didn't do anything to grow the business. I just simply maintained it, maintained those customers that I had. Then, like I said, he passed in November of 2016. And I took a little bit of time to grieve and get my feet under me and decide what it was I wanted to do. So my background is actually in criminology. I was a criminologist for police departments uh, prior to having kids and things that way. It's a career field I could have gone back into. So there was a big decision there. Do I want to go back into that? Or do I want to now take what was a really kind of a hobby, fun money business and grow it to make it support my family and be my livelihood? Mm -hmm. um, I decided that's what I wanted to do. I wanted it to become our income, support us and uh, go forward. So in April of 17, I moved the business back out into commercial space and started hustling to grow the business. We rapidly outgrew that space within a year and we moved to our location now. I now have six employees and we're growing the business. And before COVID hit, we were, we were on a fast trajectory up. Now with COVID, we're steady. Uh, we did pivot again to adapt to what's going on here. We're making masks in-house using, we've got a laser that cuts and then of course embroidery equipment. So that's kind of how we pivoted with that. And then we also picked up and started doing the Here for Good campaign that many printers are doing. Not our original idea, but it was proposed to us to do and we hopped on board with that. So between those two things, we have not grown anymore during this time frame, but we have maintained, we haven't lost. So sure. um, just working through it, pivoting. Uh, I didn't sit back and say, okay, well, we'll wait until we can open back up and things that way. Instead, I said, what can I do to be an essential business, ethically, morally responsible in our social distancing and things that way, but still be able to produce and manufacture? Well, first, of course, uh, thank you to your family for you know your service and everything around that. And that first pivot to going back into a commercial space from your home, I mean, you know, I can only imagine the amount of mental kind of hurdles and maze that you're navigating there. How did you do it? Like walk me through when you were in that, that moment, what that was like. I mean, because you're working with customers, you know, yeah, you, you know, you don't want to, I guess, have anybody leave customer wise. You have to probably start hiring people, you know, people want to gravitate towards a natural leader too. How were you able to do that? And what I find interesting about that is because I think that strength helps then others that are either going through another situation or, or a difficult time too, to be able to take maybe some of the ways that you approached it. We all have this mental dialogue that goes through our heads about failure and risk and, and all of that. And I had a voice in my head because even when the business was a hobby, you know, I'd run up against hurdles and things that way. And my husband would be like, why do you want to do this? Like, you don't have to do this. Why do you want to put yourself through this? And for mm -hmm. me, it's the mental challenge to be able to come up, overcome those hurdles. That's kind of my personality. Don't tell me I can't do something because <laughs> you tell me I can't do something. That's the first thing I'm going to do. So some of it was just that fortitude, but I did have that going through my head. And then when you're grieving that loss, you also, that voice gets loud. If I'm the owner of the business and I'm running the business, I have that control. I can structure it in a way 
that I can still be with my girls and help my girls. So that was just some of the mental dialogue that was going on. The actual nuts and bolts of it was all in coming up with systems, procedures, taking the two employees that I did have, plugging them in where they fit the best. Neither one of them were salespeople. Taking the people I had, making sure I had a good spot for them, knowing my personality and what I was good at and putting myself into that role and then hiring for those areas where there were gaps. I'm a numbers person. As a criminologist, it's a lot of data analysis and things that way. So that was my natural niche to be able to look at, you know, profit margins and revenues and pricing grids and all of those things that go into our business. My biggest thing was I needed an outside sales rep to go do the sales. Sales is not my natural go-to. That was the part of working on the business Mm -hmm. that I really focused on. And then, of course, being as small as we were and trying to grow, I spent a lot of time in production and being in the business, as they say. The emphasis on process is really interesting, especially with two people. I usually find it something that people encounter when they hit, you know, 10, 15 people and it becomes a strong problem. But creating that early on, I mean, it's just huge. You know, granted, the process now is probably not going to be the process in a couple of years, but at least it's the foundation. It's your basement to the home that you build on top. The outside sales rep, that's an interesting thing because a lot of people, when they hire their first outside sales rep, they get a lot of questions. They may make a mistake for the first few times. Maybe some of the nuts and bolts on that. How, how did you plan out handling commission for that role? How did you maybe find that person? Did it work out? We probably hire a lot different than a lot of people. I can't pay huge salaries. I don't always need full-time people. And so being a military spouse myself and knowing that network and knowing how difficult it is for military spouses to find jobs that fit with their lifestyle as well, um, we really have niched in on that area. And so when I put out a call or an ad to help wanted, rather than focusing on salary and focusing on how much they can earn and things that way, I focused on the intrinsic benefits that we can offer, which is flexibility and scheduling, time off if you only want to work part-time and only work while your kids are at school, so you're home when they get home, those kinds of things. And look where we can add benefit that you can't necessarily find in another job, a regular nine to five, eight to five, you know, whatever it is. And then we seek out those individuals that are looking for those kinds of benefits and we train. I was lucky. I hired my outside sales rep. She's still with me today. Uh, She was a military spouse. When she started out, she was no commission, straight hourly. Uh, She worked part-time, she worked 20 hours a week. And that's what we needed. I didn't have the, the money Uh, or the ability to do full-time benefits and all of that. Now, as we've grown, she's grown with us. Her job has grown, and I can offer her more and, uh, you know, the benefits and and all of that kind of stuff. And so I think if you can look at the intrinsic and non-monetary, in in hiring, two things happen. One, you get uh, a different niche of employee that wants to be there, because of those intrinsic benefits, not because of money, and you build loyalty. And it helps with your culture overall, because now you're surrounded with people that aren't there just to earn a dollar. They're mm-hmm. there as part of a family. That's awesome. You almost you almost took the, well, you did, you took like the, the shortcomings that you couldn't 
make happen into positives for it to find the right fit, which is really great. And I think people definitely do undervalue that flexibility aspect as well. Could be working from home and like you said, time off when you need. So that's that's really great. There's a lot of other questions that actually I wrote down that I'm gonna ask, but I'm gonna pull those up and and pronounce conf. Allie, thanks so much for being able to to join us for a couple of minutes today. I know you guys are busy, I'm sure with a lot of mass and here for good campaigns. If you guys want to listen into more, be able to join us at Print Hustlers Conf this year. 2020 is going to be online. It's going to be free and available. We're going to have quite a few shops in there this year. It's going to be really exciting. July 23rd, 24th. We'll drop a link down below so you can subscribe. We'll see you guys there. Mm-hmm.